Tramp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday afternoon here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Happy Wednesday to you. Stay dry out there. Looks like we're about to get to at least here in this love part it. of the valley. We've got a lot of, a lot of rain storm. this summer. A lot of, a lot of rain, rain this summer, yeah. Well, I was just up north the last two weekends, and I was amazed both times how those little you know, fire needles, like the fire danger arrows that they have, none of them are in the red. None of them are in the orange. They're all in the blue. They're all Gosh. in the green. It's just so damp up there right now, which is great. It's fantastic. No one's complaining about that at all. So be safe out there if you're driving around in it, because uh, you know it, it looks like it's going to storm here uh, where we are in our studio. Talking about the Arizona Cardinals and playing that rejoinder when we come back. Um, you're expecting a trade for yeah. a corner. Uh-huh. We're waiting on it. Uh, one guy who isn't waiting on it is a guy who's in that room right now, Antonio Hamilton, who says, yeah, no, man, we're, we're good here. I don't listen to none of that stuff, to be honest. Um, I don't really care. I, we got the ultimate uh, faith and trust in our group of guys that we got. Uh, as y'all can see, if y'all been watching uh, a lot of the training camp of what's been going on, we've been making plays. No buzz coverages like that. And, you know, we've been consistent and we're just growing and gelling with, e- with each other. So I don't know if it's just guys want to, you know, a big name guy to hang a hat on just to say, oh, we got such and such. But nah, we believe in the guys that we got here. And, you know, whatever that uh, core guys are, you know, that's what we're rolling with. Not exactly sure what else he was supposed to say when asked a question like that, but no. Sounds confident, though, doesn't he? I mean, he, sounds, he listen, we're doing good. Up, but no busted coverages. Our guys are playing really well right now. But we've heard Cliff kind of have to kick Marco in the butt a little bit to try to get him going, like Marco Wilson. I think there's a chance that, that Hamilton could be your number two guy. I said to you earlier, man, I wish we had Rasul Douglas. They had him and they they let him go, and he ended up being a stud with Green Bay somehow, some way. Uh, I don't. I think they're going to trade for a good cornerback. I don't think they. I think they're going to end up trading for a good cornerback. I think that, that that's that's the plan. I think that's what they're going to do. I've said all along. I don't think they're going to go get a straight free agent and go pick up. A, I think that the way they're going to get one is going to be via trade. And I think it's probably more likely that it's sometime next week that it happens. By a good corner? Do you mean somebody who comes in and starts right away? Somebody yes. who's yes. who yes. maybe if they're not thrilled with Marco is the guy who's starting on the outside instead of Marco. Yes. Or somebody who's okay. I, I think just, a top I think the guy that comes in is a top three guy. Because I mean look, I, I appreciate Antonio sticking up for himself and sticking up for his guys. I don't know what else he's supposed to say in a moment like that because he's certainly Oh yeah, man, I just got out of our cornerbacks meeting. Man, what a weak bunch we've got. This group is terrible. He's not gonna say anything like that. He's gotta express confidence. But you just all you have to do is look at a depth chart for the cards, a projected depth chart for the cards, not the one they're rolling out now because it doesn't have any of the starters listed. They don't have enough. They, they, they don't have enough of the position. They, they they know it. And so this trade, it's it's getting about time where it needs to happen now. All right. We, but it wasn't going to happen before now, right? I mean, we, we kind of understand no, that teams are reluctant to trade because they're, they're worried about guys getting injured. If it's going to be a trade, right. Because a guy, and I totally get a team wanting to hold on to a corner because you know, let's won. get through one more preseason game, make sure we're good, and so and then that because that guy becomes expendable. But for the Cardinals' perspective, if you really are planning on acquiring a starting level cornerback, 
You want to get that guy in and get him acclimated to your system. Yeah. You want to get that guy in and get him familiar with what's you, you not don't the wanna, first week of the season. You don't want to wait until the eleventh hour to do that. You know, you, you want to give yourself a little bit of running room. Now we're still weeks away from the opener. I think we're what, twenty five days, twenty six days away from the Cardinals opener. There's time. There's still a month. I think by this time next week, by Wednesday of next week, if they haven't done it by then, I'm gonna start getting a little nervous. What's, I'm not gonna lie to you. What is the what is next Wednesday's date? Next Wednesday's date. Well, today is the 17th, so it'd be the 25th. Okay, 25th. No, it'd be 24. 24th. Okay, 24th. So that is a day after the uh, another cutdown. Because the next cutdown day is going to be the 23rd. If I'm looking at my cutdown days right, I think the next cutdown okay. day is the 23rd. So you'll see those ro- so you'll see the roster. See, the rosters were pared down from 90 to 85. Then you're going to see it go from 85 to 80. So next Wednesday, there'll be 80 on the roster, but uh, in two weeks, so two weeks from yesterday, now you got to get down to 53. So I think after you'll, everybody will cut down to 80, and that's when teams will make trades. Because the guys that are going to go from 80 to 53, man, if you could trade one of those guys and get something for them, that's when you usually do it. I'll just be curious how high the quality is. You know, like uh, I, I hear you saying starting level corner. Yeah, I think they'll get how, yeah. I, I, I'll be curious to see like how good they can get in the trade market because they they need help. I, Mitch sent us a projection today. It came from the ringer in which they were and yesterday they had projected the offenses around the NFL. They projected the Cardinals to have like the 17th best offense in the NFL. They took their turn on the defenses today. Yeah, they projected the Cardinals to have the 31st defense in the NFL. That would be second to last for anybody keeping score. I'd be shocked. Vance Joseph's too good at what he does. And there's too much talent on that defense. And you just, some of these guys got to pop. If if Zayvon pops and Isaiah pops and, I mean, their safety combination is as good as it gets. I think the pass rush is a concern. I think it's going to be more by committee than it is one or two guys. But, you know, we've talked about who can have a bounce back year. Can Gardeck have a bounce back year? Can J.J. Watt have a bounce back year? So I do think, I think Nick Vigil's a good addition. I don't don't see that. really don't see that. Second to last, maybe not. Bottom third? Oh, I could see that. Okay, bottom third. I, I could, was just I saying could see this being a bottom no. third defense. I, I think there are so many question marks on this defense. Questions that there are no answers to. Question, the, the corner back room. The, the Who's going to rush the passer, as you mentioned. The fact that those two positions work in tandem the way they do. You need a great pass rush to make up for a faulty secondary yeah. and vice versa. All that stuff. The the safeties? Yeah, safeties are great. Questions about Isaiah. Questions about Zavin. Questions about the pass rush. Questions about JJ's health. Questions about about Zach Allen and his ability to have that big breakthrough year that we're all hoping for. Uh, there are Vance Joseph, look, and this is not a knock on, it's not meant to be a knock on Vance. Vance has done an unbelievable job. And they even point out in the Ringer piece that Cliff Kingsbury probably should have sent Vance Joseph a thank you note because that defense has carried this team the last couple of years. Yeah. It's been way better than people expected. Remember when people wanted to fire Vance after the first year? Me and, you, me and you were both like, no way. But I think this no is way. the year where the personnel on defense doesn't match the talent. It just the doesn't. It, it, like Vance is, it's cliche for me to say it, man, it's bringing a knife to a gunfight. It, it just it doesn't feel 
feel like he has as much as he's going to need. So that offense needs to be elite, and Vance Joseph needs going to have one of the best years of his coaching career with that defense because I just don't think he has the weapons back you there. Know, the only thing is, I don't. But th- there is the chance that four or five guys pop, and if they all do, that defense could be good. It could be better than bottom third. If Zabin pops and and uh, and Isaiah pops and and Marco plays well and they go in a they add somebody via trade that could come in and help. There's like there is a chance because think about how much young talent there is on that defense. It's just a matter of can those guys play at the level that they're capable of playing at. The Phoenix Suns schedule is out. It is here, and we look at the beginning. But we also look a little bit at the middle for the Suns schedule. And one game, one very interesting game in particular with that schedule, and we'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. So the schedule is out in the NBA for the Phoenix Suns. And again, here on the Burns and Gambo show, it's it's obviously not treated with the same kind of reverence or you know celebration that we do the NFL schedule. We're not going to sit here and go through all 82 games and go it. win, I lost. Got him at 55 and 27. No, you didn't. I went through every single game. No, you didn't. No, I really didn't. No, of course you didn't. Who won? The, by the way, who won the uh, Jokic-Luka uh, matchup today? It was Slovenia, so Luka won. They won in extras, or overtime, I should say. In extras? They won in extra innings? In extra innings. Went into the 11th inning. They put Luka on second base with the ghost runner rule, and uh, he so came around and scored. Slovenia versus Serbia? Rub things right back in your guys' faces, all right? Slovenia versus Serbia. Yes. And Slovenia won. Yeah, I was following along Mark Stein's Twitter feed today because yeah. he was pointing out, oh, these guys are playing each other, getting ready for the Euro mm. Cup. And I figured, oh, no, I'll, I'll watch it. Okay. And look who was playing. U of A's own Dustan Ristich for Serbia. Oh, how about that? Dustan Ristich. I remember. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Gambo did not go through it game by game. We're not going to go through it game by game. We're going to tell you some of the highlights of it. Uh, it. It was a lot of it was what we expected, right? The Christmas night game against the Nuggets. Oh, Eight- go right. Go right to the controversy. Come on. 8.30 tip time. The controversy? Let's go right. to the controversy. Right. There, there, were, there were two things that, it, it, yeah. in my mind, there were two things to take away from this that are worth talking this. about. Yeah. Okay? Number one, huh? January 15th is the day that DeAndre Ayton is eligible to be traded after the Suns match that max That's offer. it. They cannot trade him until they can't then. can't trade him before that. And if he doesn't want to get traded, he doesn't get traded at all. Because he has no trade He's clause. He's got veto power for a year. He's got he veto power veto for a year. Any trade for a year. Right, but January 15th is the date. So who did the NBA schedule the Suns to play immediately after that deadline expires? The Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. On national TV, TNT. Nets, Suns, <laughs> TNT. That's awesome. January 19th, 8 o'clock, immediately after the deadline expires, that that DeAndre Ayton can be traded. Now they just this is what they do, right? They don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. Nope. It's just hey, what? Just what happens if Kevin Durant doesn't get traded, and then the deadline passes, and they say, you know what? We'll change our mind. We'll take Ayton firm. So it's just come on, like you don't think some of that thought process oh, sure. went into them it's- scheduling the Brooklyn Nets and the Suns on TNT on Thursday. 
Wednesday the 19th? It, it sort of reminds me, you know how when they seed March Madness, the NCAA tournament? Yeah. And they'll like have, okay, Sean Miller, coach of the University of Arizona. And if Arizona advances, who would their second round matchup be? Oh, it would be Xavier. Oh, it just happens to be the team that Sean Miller used to coach before he yeah. went. Right? It's stuff like that. And, the, and the, the NCAA tournament does that every single year. These little pocket matchups where you go, oh, you know that was can, by design. Can you I give you another reason deliberate. why it's by design? The next time they pay, play Brooklyn, they've got like, they've got a game again. They got Boston on the third. They've got, uh, Atlanta on, so they're Atlanta on the first at, back east, Boston, Detroit, then Brooklyn, then Indiana. You know who they play before they, on the 19th, January 19th, you know who they play before that? Memphis. 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 You know who they play, play before that? Minnesota. You know who they play after Brooklyn, Indiana, then Memphis. Like, it's not like there's, did that that trip where you play Boston, Philly, the Knicks, the Nets type of thing? It's just somehow just right squeezed right into the middle is the Brooklyn Nets on the nineteenth. That whole you know that so that's what I looked at too. I looked at that matchup like okay, they got Minnesota, then Memphis, and then Brooklyn. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, no, that doesn't mean the Suns are going to trade DeAndre Ayton. That doesn't no, mean it doesn't mean it comes to fruition. No. It's none of this that could happen. But you better believe. That that date is going to be talked about. That date's going to be talked about in the weeks leading up to it, and that date's going to be talked about in the weeks coming out of it. It's going to be talked about because there are some who believe that the Phoenix Suns will still look to move DeAndre Ayton, that they'll look to trade him. He'd have to waive his no-trade clause. He'd have to waive his veto power, all of that stuff. There are some who believe that date, and whether it actually happens or not, you better believe that date is going to be talked about as something of importance. Now, that's a good one. The thing that stood out to me was this new thing the NBA did this year where they scheduled what they called Rivalry Week. All right, And I'm going to the bottom of their press release. The NBA has also created an NBA Rivals Week for the week of January 23rd. 11 nationally televised games featuring various rivalries across the league. Okay, given that the Suns are one of the high-profile teams around the league, who? Who's their rival in the eyes of the NBA? The Dallas Mavericks are their rival. In the eyes of the NBA. Can I go over the 11 games real quick? Sure. Celtics Heat. Okay. Just tell me if you think if it's a rivalry or not. Eh, it's a borderline rivalry. Clippers, Lakers. Eh, LA. Nets, Sixers. Yes, that's a rivalry. Grizzlies, Warriors. Based off of what happened last year in the postseason? Yes, that's a rivalry. Okay. Uh, Suns, Mavs. Based off of what happened last year in the postseason? Yes, that's a rivalry. T-Wolves, Grizzlies. Eh, not so much. Raptors Warriors rematch of an NBA Finals. Yeah, from a few years ago. Yeah, um, Jokic against Embiid, Denver and Philly. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knicks Nets Lakers Celtics. Yes and yes. The okay. the Denver Philly one. I mean the two big men. Yes, but the teams no. Yeah, most of those are rivalries. I mean, the Celtics and the Heat, it seems like they play each other every other year in the playoffs, right? Celtics and Heat are a rivalry. Yeah, that's a rivalry. They played yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals last go year. With that. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Are, have the Mavericks elevated to the number one rival for the Phoenix Suns? I don't know. I think the Suns don't have like a real rival. I think it's geographically, too. Like Geographically, there's nobody this close to be like, okay, that's, that's a rival. I think the Suns' rivals in my years here, is, there's always that, you know, the Lakers thing is always sure. there. So the Lakers are always a rival no matter what, when they're good, when they're bad. 
dad, their arrival. Um, but at times it's been different. Like at times it's been the Spurs have been their main rival. At times it has been Dallas, especially in the, during the Nowitzki years when Dallas and the Suns would go at it a little bit. The Clippers were a rival for a little bit when the Clippers were good and they played them in the playoffs a couple of times. I don't know. I think right now Dallas makes some sense. There's a lot of ties there. The Luka DA tie, Jason Kidd, Jared Dudley, uh, head coach and assistant coach, uh, JaVel McGee's their starting center now. He was here last year. You can find a lot of tie-ins you there. You can, but the main thing is the postseason. I, I yes, think yes, I think yes. a rivalry was, much like the Warriors and the Grizzlies, if you had said to me, is that a rivalry? No. That's not a rivalry. It is now. It is after what those two teams put each other through in the postseason. Yeah, it's a rivalry now. Those two teams don't like each other one bit. And I think Mavs, Suns, it's the closest thing we've got to a modern-day rival right now. I mean, look, there's a reason why on opening night the Suns are playing the Mavs. There's a reason why during Rivals Week the Suns are playing the yeah, Mavs. They were the one seed and they got knocked out uh, yeah. before the Western Conference Finals by the Mavs. I think in the NBA's eyes, that's a that's a rivalry we can promote. That's one that will get eyeballs. That's one that well, that's we can Memphis, sell, right? Memphis Golden State have played each other. It was a play-in tournament two years ago and then the playoffs this year. Yeah. And those te- those are the teams that like each other. They're physical, hard games. They don't like each other. So that's why, okay, let me find a rivalry there. And that's that's how that works. So Other than that, to look at the schedule, it starts tough. It starts brutally tough for the Suns. They've got a bunch of nationally televised games, as expected, 34 in total. They play on Christmas Day against the Denver Nuggets an 8.30 tip time on Christmas night, which just does not sound very fun at all. But okay, whatever. That's what it's going to be. It's that big, you know, day-long event. And the schedule has its usual kind of pockets. I know one thing Kellen Olsen noted about the schedule he noticed is in December, they basically play every other day, which they've said in the past they really liked. Like, Look at that stretch. They play the 25th, the 27th, and the 28th all on the road. Oh, the, the after that Christmas? De- December oh, 25th yeah. at Denver, 27th at Memphis, 28th at Washington. Mm-hmm. Oh, how about the okay. 30th at Toronto? How about this? Then they don't even come home. How then about, they, oh my goodness, look at this, look at this stretch. How about this back to back on the 10th and the 11th of January at Golden State at Denver? Have fun with that. Right, but you've got six starting on. Starting on December 25th, Christmas, Christmas Day, yeah. they don't come home until a game against Miami on January 6th. Yeah, six-game road trip. And it's a brutal one. Denver, Memphis, Washington, Toronto, New York, Cleveland. Yeah, brutal one. They don't. So they, they will be gone. So they'll leave on the 24th, and they won't play a game home until January 6th. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's like basically like 12 days away from home. Yeah, six-game road trip, right? But that's, you know, but again, that's ty- it's typical. That, that's mm-hmm. typical. I haven't counted the back-to-backs. I don't know how many they have relative to everyone else. I don't know if it's high. I don't know if it's low. I don't know if it's going to be hard. I don't know if it's going to be easy. But um, it's it's out. The sun schedule is there, and away we go. Now, when we come back, we are halfway through our give week, raising money for Phoenix Children's Hospital. Wait until you hear how how much money you've helped us raise and wait until you hear what you can do to help us raise more. Got a biggie coming up next on the Burns and Gambo show. The give for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers in the auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station in the Arizona Sports app. 
Divathon on the Burns and Gambo Show. We've got a tote update, tote board update coming up in the next few minutes, so we'll get an idea of where we stand. Basically, at the conclusion of day three, of course, we still have Thursday and Friday to help raise money for this wonderful institution that is in our backyard, one that needs to be protected and fought for and cared for and funded because it's simply one of the best children's hospital in the nation. And with PCH, that's what we're doing, and it's what we've done every single year right around Around this week, Gambo, we work so hard and our listeners do such a great job of digging deep at times when, you know, in the middle of a pandemic or in the middle of uh, the, the economy, the way it is right now for our audience, for our listeners to continue to do what they do. It's it's a blessing. Yeah. It's amazing what our audience is able to do. It is. The, the kids cannot wait for the help and the need for the for the finances is great. And, you know, thanks to Phoenix Children's Hospital, you know, people that live here can get specialized treatment for their children uh, close to home. There's a lot of places where, you know, you you know, Phoenix Children's Hospital wasn't here and something happened. You might have to take your child to another state. Yeah. But here, because PCH is here in your backyard, you have the ability to take your child to PCH when your child is in need. If you have been waiting, you haven't had the opportunity yet, or you've just been not sure about donating, you've been on the fence and you just need that little push. I might have a little push for you coming up in just a couple of moments. But first, let's get another check presentation from one of our great corporate partners. And this one comes from Spirit Halloween Superstores. Hi, my name is Amberly Lamb. I'm from Spirit Halloween. We are so excited to be a part of this year's Giveathon. We've been a proud partner of Phoenix Children's Hospital for 15 years and have raised over $1.3 million in that time. Therefore, this year we are honored to be able to present this check in the amount of $10,000. On behalf of Spirit Halloween, thank you, Phoenix Children's, for being there for our community, providing world-class care, because when it comes to the future of our children, moments count. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank oh you. Goodness, we, <laughs> I know that my kids have gotten their costumes from Spirit Halloween like every year. Oh, yeah. I got my every costume year. last year from Spirit Halloween. Yeah. I was there on Halloween Day, like picking through what was left. So thank you uh, for that $10,000 donation. Wow, that's awesome. From Spirit Halloween Superstores going into our PCH Giveathon here. We really, really appreciate it. Now, again, big news coming up in a moment. But again, let's tell you the stories about Phoenix. Children's Hospital, why it matters, the important work they do, and the reason why they're such a bedrock of our community. It's time for another story of hope, and this one's presented by Matt and Me Homes, and it's Kendall's story. Not all the stories that we share with you about the amazing place called Phoenix Children's have a happy ending. How does a family who loses a daughter at the age of three months have the courage to tell their story? What did Phoenix Children's give to the Jansen family? They gave them time. This is Kendall's story. Hi, this is Mike. And I'm Nikki Jansen. And this is our family story. Wanted to have kids for quite a long time. We were able to have Cole and Adam. They were born in 2009. We were just so elated 
in 2012, kind of a surprise of our life, Kendall was going to be arriving in September of 2012. Truly a gift and a miracle. We found out that she was a she, a girl. And also we found out that next breath that she was going to have quite a few challenges. We knew that her heart was unique to her alone. That's when PCH entered our lives. Because when you was initially diagnosed with tetralogy of Fallot. She also had absent pulmonary valve syndrome, a very compromised heart, and also did not have a valve. So her heart was significantly enlarged, which impacted her breathing, her ability to digest food. The doctors told us they weren't quite sure if she would make it to birth. We were set up with Banner Health to prepare for her delivery and then would be transported over to Phoenix Children's Hospital. She was in the hospital for 10 days. We were able to take her home. She was able to stay home with us, I believe, for 38 days or something like that. The doctors were very open with us that it wasn't if she would have complications. It was just a matter of when. I knew something wasn't right. She wasn't breathing right, and she looked like she was becoming more and more distressed. We took her to an emergency room. She seemed to be stabilized, came back home, and then the last time, we just kind of knew that this was going to be a stay at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Then tragedy struck. She had a massive heart attack, and that's where, unfortunately, she had a stroke and became... Um, didn't have any brain activity, and the doctors guided us through that. They had a division of life care services that also guided our young boys, who were three at the time, through that struggle. The nurses there were second to none. Um, can't say enough about the staff at the Phoenix Children's Hospital. I do a lot of coaching here in our community, and so I coach different age kids. My mind wanders quite a bit, you know. I wonder what Kendall would be like, or I wonder what she would look like, or I wonder what she'd be into. So, yeah. We were so fortunate that we had this incredible hospital in our backyard. Money is a big concern, and if you can give to help with giving the top-notch care to have that support in this fantastic facility with all the workers that specialize in these things and not have to worry about that piece when going through something like this was what we needed. There was always hope. I expect us to talk after these. Oh, yeah. Oh. I know it's it's. It, you hear those stories and the phrase she used, the division of life care services. And I know that's a fancy term, but basically they had an organization there at the hospital to talk to their boys to help them get through this. Right, the, to talk to their boys to help them get through the the pain of this and the trauma of this and the you know w- while doing everything they can to help Kendall and to help help Kendall survive as long as she could. 
also to help the boys in the family kind of understand and prepare for what was about to happen and what had happened. And that, that to me is the, you know, in addition to trying to fix the problem, Phoenix Children's Hospital is also empathizing with the family and doing what they can to get them through this trauma. It's what makes PCH just so amazing yeah. in the work they do. I mean, that's such a sad story. It really is. I mean, massive heart attack, a stroke, um, no brain activity, and you find out your child's going to die. And uh, like I said, I've always said, like, it's, there's no greater pain in the world than having to bury your own child. Yeah. <laughs> 38 days. Tough story. Um, she got to stay at home for about 38 days. She was very compromised with the heart. It's just very, very tough. Very tough to listen to. But um, there's there's always hope. And they were so fortunate. The parents talked about how fortunate they were to have Phoenix Children's as a part of their life. If you were inspired by that story, if you were moved by that story, if you're if you're ready now, you, you haven't had an opportunity to donate before, but you're ready to do it now. Well, we've got some news for you here. Triple match. Triple match. Triple match. Now is the best time to call 602-933-4567 to donate to PCH. Triple your donation now. It's the give Triple Match. Panda Express, a triple match right now. Not two times your donation, three times your donation right now on the Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. We've got a room full of volunteers, and they are all standing by to take your donations, which will be triple matched right now. Now by Panda Express 602-933-4567. Yeah, this is incredible. This does not happen during the Giveathon uh, very often. It does not happen. A triple match. Your $20 becomes 60. Become a champion of hope right now for $20 a month. Your $20 turns into 60. If you donate $100, it's 300. If you donate 500 bucks, it's $1500. If you donate a thousand dollars it's three thousand you get it it's a triple match called the desert financial phone bank 602-933-4567 if you've been touched by that incredible story the parents talking about kendall and losing their daughter after three months uh, you know it's that was sad that was that was hard to hear but this is the stuff that you know really pulls at the purse strings here and we need people to donate every kid needs a fighting chance phoenix children's hospital gives kids the chance and you could be part of our triple match right now 602-933-4567 is the number 602-933-4567 the best way for you to donate is to become a champion of hope $20 per month we get it things are tough with what's going on with the economy $20 per month and we will donate a teddy bear and it will be delivered to a patient at the hospital in your name if you tell that volunteer I want to be become a champion of hope you're agreeing to donate $20 per month to Phoenix Children's and you're going to make a difference you're going to make a difference for a hospital and you're going to make a, a difference for a child in the hospital right now when a teddy bear is delivered and your donation is being triple matched right now call the Desert Financial Phone Bank 602-933-4567 602-933-4567 
888-532-5567. You become a champion, Hope. We fire up the train Teddy Bear Express. Now, keep calling, by the way, because we're doing the Teddy Bear Express. The match, the triple match is still on from Panda Express right now, but we're sending up the train Teddy Bear Express. Put a call into the hospital. We've gotten plenty of donations, but we still need more. Teddy Bears are on their way upstairs as we speak. You're going to have a few more minutes on this triple match. Again, 602-933-4567. Are you ready for a tote board let's, update? Yeah, let's get that tote board update. I could could use some good news here. Let's get an update on our tote board here on our PCH give a thought. So far, prior to all the triple match donations that continue to come in, we have raised $1 million for Phoenix Children's Hospital. $1,002,050 to be exact so far, which is slightly ahead of our pace from a year ago. All right, let's keep that. it up. Let's keep it up. You've got a chance to be a part of the triple match right now and help that million dollars go even further. 602-933-4567. That's 602-933-4567. Yep, the triple match is still going on throughout the break. You do have time, but please call soon. 602-933-4567. And if you've already called, you've already donated, we appreciate you and what you have done and what you continue to do for Phoenix Children's. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, while those calls continue to come in with the donations and the triple match from Panda Express, we get you ready for Diamondbacks baseball here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72sold.com and buy Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Grilled Cheese Double Burger for a limited time, only at Sonic. Diamondbacks baseball is coming up next. This frustrating series against the San Francisco Giants continues with a 645 first pitch and pregame coverage coming up at 6 o'clock right here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. And I say frustrating mostly because of last night, a game in which, yeah, the Diamondbacks could have used a little bit more offense and maybe not left it to such chance in the ninth inning. But Ian Kennedy, one strike away from closing out what would have been a gem of a performance by Merrill Kelly, and it still was, but instead the two-run home run, the walk-off by Brandon Crawford. Frustrating night last night for the Diamondbacks in losing to the Giants 2-1. It's one of the tougher losses on the season. I mean, it really was one of the tougher losses on the season because you know, you're right on the verge of winning that game. You get an outstanding performance by Merrill Kelly that you talked about. You're, you're, you're nursing that one nothing lead. You've got two outs. You're one strike away from winning a game and you blow it. Yep. So they look to make up for that tonight and your pitching matchup for tonight's game. It is brought to you by Native Interiors. Your home, your way. Let Native Interiors, the flooring experts, match up your vision to your reality. Text FLOORS to 620-620 and we will get you some contact info for Native Interiors. Carlos Rodon gets the start today for San Francisco. The lefty is 11-6 and with a sub-3 ERA. He's 2.95 so far in the season. Zach Davies gets the start 
start for the Diamondbacks. The righty is two and four with a four one one ERA. Yeah, interesting. Rodon is zero and two with a seven point three six ERA and two starts against Arizona this season. So the D backs have hit him really well. But his last three starts, he's really settled down. He's pitched well, three and zero with an ERA of one point four seven in his last three starts. Yeah, Davies meanwhile hasn't pitched against San Francisco this year. His last appearance uh, against them came back in twenty twenty one in September. His last time out against Colorado, talking about Davies, he went five innings, gave up three hits, three earned runs. Uh, the time before that against Colorado, he was pretty good. Five innings, gave up four hits and no earned runs in that game as the Diamondbacks look to put what happened yesterday kind of in their rearview mirror. And certainly one of the ways that they're going to do that is with the player that they called up today as uh, the Diamondbacks making an addition to the roster. The Stone Age has begun. Stone Garrett called up by the yeah, D-backs today. You know, it, it, he's an outfielder, which is interesting, right? So they sent uh, you know Seth Beer back to the Reno Aces. Even though he had a hit last night, he was terrible. Um, so he gets sent down. They bring up Stone Garrett. This kid can flat-out mash. Like, he can really mash. So I think we keep our eye on that. I'm excited to see him get an opportunity. He probably should have been called up when Beer was called up, to be honest with you. But they wanted to give Beer another look. But I'm excited to see Stone Garrett play. He is an outfielder, so it's hard to figure out how he can get playing time outside of just being a DH if he's able to stay on the roster. But if he hits, as you know, if he hits, they'll find a way to get him some at-bats. Of course, his triple slash line at AAA Reno, 275 batting average, 332 on base percentage, 568 slugging, 28 homers, 95 RBI so far for the Reno Aces this year. So excited to see him. He's batting fifth in tonight's lineup for the Diamondbacks as they take on San Francisco. Now, since we were talking about On the Farm, let's bring you On the Farm. And it's brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste. Rather than give you kind of the update on what the teams are doing, let's bring you the words of Mike Hazen earlier today on with Wolf and Luke when asked a question about Corbin Carroll and when he might be here. Corbin's doing a good job. You hopefully will see him here in a bit, usually around September call-up time is when we'll start to talk through giving some exposure uh, to some of these younger kids. But we still have a lot of players on our Major League team right now that we're trying to give opportunity to that are good players in their own right. Uh, and we're trying to see what they can do given an extended run of everyday at-bat. Jake McCarthy Jake McCarthy, the yeah. guy he's talking about. Yeah, there. and McCarthy's been great for them. I really enjoyed his enthusiasm, how well he plays. His speed is, is second to none. He is one of the fastest players I've ever seen have a Diamondback uniform on. He gets down that line so quickly. Gets a great jump on stolen bases. He plays a terrific defense. There's a spot for Jake McCarthy on this on this team going forward. I really like him. But Corbin Carroll will come up and he'll play either left field or right field because Thomas is pretty much set in center. But there's room. I mean, there's room between Varsho McCarthy, Corbin Carroll, and Alex Thomas. You'll get those four guys all plenty of at-bats. And again, today is August 17th, so September call-ups. We're still a couple of weeks away if that's what they stick to. I think we're all excited to see what is considered by many to be the top prospect in all of Major League Baseball, Corbin Carroll, when he gets here. Uh, Right now, among the farm system, Midland and Amarillo are tied 2-2. Reno's later tonight, so are Visalia and Hillsboro as well. And then, of course, the MLB standings. They're driven by trucks only. The Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. Diamondbacks go into this game 10 games below 500, 53-63. Now 
six games back of the third place San Francisco Giants, who have put a little distance between them and the D-backs, San Francisco 59-57. and 57. Let's get you a key to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Keys to the Game, presented by Mist America, home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit MistAmerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. I could go with the starters, just got to go nine innings, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Josh, that would just be mean. Josh Rojas is on a 14-game on-base streak. Over the last 30 days, he leads the team and hits stolen bases average on base plus slugging. He is uh, his 16 stolen bases leads the team. He has eight stolen bases in the last 30 days, tied for first in Major League Baseball. They got to get runners on base. So when Christian Walker actually hits a home run, it's not a solo shot. Yeah, Christian Walker has been one of the best hitters in all of baseball in the month of August. He's being tremendous. Diamondbacks baseball is next. That's going to do it for us. We're going to see you tomorrow, straight up two o'clock, right here on the Burns and Yambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.